Okay, everybody, are the Avalanche back on track? Well, it's two games and score seven in one, score six in the other. Sure, they're against teams that you, quote unquote, should beat. But when you lose to Chicago, I don't think that is on the table at all. But the Avalanche do look, at least for these two games, like they've turned things around. Can they continue that? A lot to get to on this episode, new episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at your locked on avalanche your daily podcast on the colorado avalanche part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right everybody welcome to another episode of locked on avalanche part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i am your host with me as zoe uh, i'm your host chris maselli i should introduce myself I got so excited to introduce my co-host today. Why? <clears throat> because if you're listening on the day that this was initially released, which is January 17th, it is my co-host, Mr. Shaggy Van Doom, Kyle Sullivan. It is his birthday today. So golf claps all around for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Uh, what, what are you, 57 now? 58, 58. 58 yeah. yeah, minus like 24 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I got yeah. this new cream. You'll, I'll tell you about it when we're over. So uh, make sure you go on our social media outlets and wish, wish Mr. Shaggy Von Doom a happy birthday. You can find us on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, Locked On Avalanche. Questions, comments, concerns, happy birthday wishes to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And I am sure there's going to be a lot of happy birthdays going around uh, on that comment section there. All right. Did he just miss another field goal? Uh, extra uh, point? I know he's at three. I, I, a buddy of mine just sent me a text message. I think he just missed another one. I know we're getting way off track here right in the beginning of this episode. <clears throat> um, mm. But I believe he 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 missed the, he missed a fourth extra point. <laughs> I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but that's hysterical. Let's uh, go. <clears throat> all right. I'll try not to pay attention to uh, text <laughs> messages that I'm getting. But because what do we got to talk about? We have to talk about the Colorado Avalanche with two uh, good performances, two back-to-back performances after what we tagged as a rock bottom for the Avs after losing to the Chicago Blackhawks, which is just not acceptable, uh, to come back against Ottawa and shut them out 7 to nothing, and then you back that up with a 6-3, to three, and it really wasn't even that close no. against uh, Detroit. It just makes you feel good as an Avalanche fan. I, you don't want to just be like, oh, the Avs are back. And, and maybe they are. I don't know. But but it's just a small sample of what we know that this team can do that they were not doing. And, yeah, this – you know, you were tapping your microphone, hitting the panic button a little bit. I was not going anywhere near that. You have a half a season to go. Sure. Like, I think we were phrasing it differently. But we both had concern. And, you know, like to me, it was no, you, you still have 41 games to go. You're just not playing well in this moment. And that's going to happen during the course of a season. But when you lose to a team that you absolutely should beat in Chicago, um, and there's not many teams in the league that you should say that about, because we were talking about the whole parody thing last time. But still, you should beat an Ottawa team. 
And even though Detroit is better, and Detroit is in the thick of the playoff hunt, don't mistake it that that this is not the the Detroit Red Wing team of the last however many years. They're in, an improved team, and the Avalanche stuck it to them too. So sure, two games you can start to feel a little bit better, but clearly there's still a long way to go in the, in the season for the Avs. And a couple things off those points, you have to realize Detroit's goalie is Billy Huso who came in for Bennington in that Blues series when he left, and he was the superior goalie of the two. And yeah. he was he, he was kind of that that uh, that scary goalie you didn't want to see, and the Avalanche took advantage of him. And you talked about our the last episode where we were talking about the Avs being at rock bottom. That team in that moment, because we, we talk about these Avalanche games post-game. Like, as soon as they're done, we're mm-hmm. hitting record and we're talking about it. That team that lost to the Chicago Blackhawks is not a playoff caliber team. But what you've seen against Ottawa putting up seven and against Detroit putting up six, this is more of the avalanche hockey that we have grown accustomed to. The power play looks better. The passing is crisper. The shots are of high quality. Even though they were outshot in the Detroit game, it didn't feel like it. No. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> and it's this is what you could build confidence on. And Nuke coming back, having Nachushkin back on the roster, and a few more players to bring back eventually. But when you see the product on the ice, you could start believing and making a case for this team again and to start climbing in the central once again. Yeah, and it's kind of going back to what I was saying before. It's just like we knew that this team existed. Mm-hmm. It's not like they just suddenly forgot what won them a Stanley Cup and, and forgot how to score and forgot how the power play works. It just wasn't clicking. And it's odd. Like we're, we're talking about – we started the show <laughs> about a, a Dallas Cowboy kicker who's now missed four extra points. It's in your head at that yeah. point. And it's in it's gets in your head when when you can't score on a power play, and you're just struggling to score in general. Those things just start to infect a team and just start spreading through the lines. And when it when it's affecting even like the top guys, it that just trickles down. So it, it just needed to change. And you, you, we all thought it was you know the that the Blackhawks were coming at the perfect time. Like oh we can. We can just you know blow these guys out and and that'll get you going and and you okay it was a game later you wanted it to be against Chicago it wasn't you lost that game um, and then fine like you, you you took it out on Ottawa good and sometimes you need that sometimes mm-hmm. you need those you always hear those things in sports about like even in baseball if a guy's in a slump just lay down a bunt yeah <laughs> lay down yeah. a bunt get, get get a cheap single and that just might just get you go just changes the psyche a little bit. And the Avalanche needed that. They just needed it. And I'm not saying this completely turns it around, but what's their next opponent? Calgary? Yes. Yeah, okay. So it's almost the same thing as Calgary as, as Chicago. Calgary's coming at the right time because now you've got two games that you feel really good about, and now you're coming in against a, a Calgary team who's ahead of you. So these are huge. This is this is a, a big two points right here. Like this is one that you want to win in regulation. We'll talk about that later. But um, go, ahead. go ahead. And when you're coming off the heels of that Chicago loss, that was a 3-2 loss. It was embarrassing. Nothing felt right. 
and for them to kick the doors off against the Senators, not just flip it around and just win a 3-2 game, and you're like, well, they're back winning, but then you have this, yes. this, this, this. And then, no, they they went right back. They flipped the switch. It was like they had that talk. You saw what Miko was saying about winning at the right time and putting it back together. And then to repeat, that, it felt like it was copy-paste against Detroit, that same output of offensive explosion, everything looking good, and the score sheet, the scoring is there. Something we complained about a lot last week. Why can't this team score? This is back-to-back games where they've proven that they can. So it's a little bit, it's something you can build on. And the thing that impressed me for both of these games is when you've struggled like the Avalanche have, um, and then coming off that terrible loss that we keep talking about, um, they didn't, it didn't seem like they were pressing. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like they were forcing the issue as if to say, like, we just need a win. It doesn't matter if it's a, a two to one or a three to two win. We just have to get back in the W column. And sometimes when you do that, you press and you overcommit and you have bad passing and you, you're just trying. We, we criticize the Avalanche sometimes for being trying to be too technical and too perfect. And, and the situation that they were in, they could have easily continued to do that. It looked like they were so calm. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the opponent. It shouldn't have been because you just yeah. had an opponent that you should have mopped the floor with. I, I think that just speaks to the demeanor of this team. There was reports. Uh, all, the, all the people that are at the practices for the Avalanche were saying like they didn't come out on the ice for practice till a half hour after. Usually it's at 12 o'clock. They didn't come out until about 1230. So clearly a meeting was being had. And that was after the Chicago game. So they they and I, I wish I was a fly in the wall. I, I'm just I'm just feeling that it wasn't a lot of yelling. Yeah. Like it wasn't a lot of like what the heck are we doing? Like, you know, we 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 are are you know a terrible team and like we have to start playing. I just get the impression that it was like Jared Bednar asked, like, guys, let's all sit like calm down. Don't listen to the outside, focus on what we have. We know what we can do. Let's just get to work. Yeah. And I feel it, you know, it wasn't like a, a three hour meeting. It was probably like a 20, 25 minute meeting, clearly. And they just got back to work. And you saw that in the game against Ottawa. It carried over into Detroit. They just played their game. They didn't, they didn't force the issue. And I say that, I say they didn't force the issue. But the one thing that stuck out to me in the Ottawa game is when they had an opportunity to shot, they took it. Yeah. And that was evident. I think it was, was Alex Newhook who had the first goal for them in Ottawa. Uh, it was Miko Ranton. So the new hook was the second one. Second. But the new hook shot, he just had a lane and he, and, he, and he ripped it. He ripped it right on that. So when I saw that, I maybe that's what was talked about too. Like, let's stop trying to be too technical, play our game, get shots on net. Guys got to crash better. And, and don't overthink this. We know what we can do. And I feel like they just pulled it off in the last two games. Yeah, that was the secret sauce last year, and I think they're getting back to it. It's not playing to your opponent. It's outworking them. The Avalanche, when they're working and when they're a cohesive unit, they're the best team in the league, and they have the cup to prove it. I think this year they kind of went to playing the opponent, and it was just a bunch of individuals trying to do things. Mm-hmm. Once they the Avalanche got back to work, you could see the evidence in the last two games. Definitely. 
So uh, a lot more to get to with uh, this game against Detroit, and we'll kind of focus in on that and some performances there, and obviously touch on the Ottawa one as well because we haven't done a show since that one either too. Uh, But first, we're going to hear from BetOnline, betonline betonline.net. There you are. It's the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From the NFL playoffs to the NBA to the NHL, we've got it all at betonline.net. And God, if you somehow bet that the Cowboys kicker would miss four extra points, uh, you probably could retire right now. I, I would I would have to admit, if you bet $1 on missing four extra points, you would win a ton of money. Or how soundly did you go to sleep if you bet on the Chargers and went to bed at halftime? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I love it being a Bronco fan, but uh, that that is that was, that was just a meltdown of all meltdowns. Uh, and if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those over at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline.net, and it's where the game starts. All right, so back to the game against Detroit. Uh, once again, like it's six to three, but it. it Avalanche just kind of had this thing in hand. And this is, you know, your, your, your stars pretty much stepped up. Kale McCarr uh, with two fantastic goals. Mm-hmm. You even had Nathan McKinnon with two goals and two more assists for him. So a four-point game for uh, Nathan McKinnon. Kale McCarr with the three-point game. He added an assist. You had uh, Devontae with two assists. Uh, he was a plus four. Uh, Kale McCarr was a plus three. Nathan McKinnon was a plus four. Oh, no, excuse me. Yeah, he was a plus four. Um and, and you know, you look at the, the time on ice for these guys. Uh, where What would Kale McCarr have? <clears throat> Kale McCarr had less than 20 minutes of ice time. 1930-something. Say that one more time. Kale McCarr had less than 20 minutes of ice time. Ice time. Mm. 1939. Mm. That is a walk in the park for Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr took the night off, yeah. basically, <laughs> is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, with 19 minutes of ice time, so Took that a half is, day. <laughs> yeah, that, that is more than welcoming uh, for him. Just you know, so so you have, and it, that, it's a little bit easier when when you're winning it. What did he have in the Ottawa game? Um, I think he I had 21, right. 21.50. Ooh, so there you go. Like two two games in a row where you're. <clears throat> it's a little bit easier to do when you yep. you're you're crushing the other team. Um, so that that's that's nice. So you had and Valentus can come back. You touched on him in, in the first segment. <clears throat> Man, does he make a <laughs> difference? I'm telling you, which is not nothing that we didn't know. Um, but God, like just just his presence, and he only he did have an assist, right? Yeah, he did have an assist. Um, I'm trying to see if that was, and it was a secondary assist. It was on the Kale McCarr, the first Kale McCarr goal. And I'm looking at the by the way. A little aside here. I'm looking at NHL.com's uh, stats and everything. Arturi Lekkinen had the first goal. They still have his uh, profile picture wearing the Canadians jersey. Can we change that? I mean, he's, he's been with us long enough. Can we? Can we? Why does it take so, some players like that? They they superimpose the other colors, and for this one, we can't do that. Come on, people. Let's get this get this thing changed. All right. Uh, Go ahead, try because I couldn't hear you. What you were just trying to say? 
Nah, you're still, you're still not. You're still not coming through right now. Um, but what I was going to bring up was Valnachuskin. Just the the difference of what he offers this team is is absolutely. Uh, we we talk about Gabe Landeskog all the time, and that is very real. The stuff that Landeskog gets, yeah, there you go. Um, the Landis, the stuff that Landeskog brings you, and you could argue that Valnachuskin is of as equal value of, of what Gabe Landeskog has. And you noticed when Nuke was kind of hurt towards the end of when he came back and then had to leave again, his production going down, and you felt it. And even if Nuke is playing at 80%, like it's night and day when he's in that roster and when he's not. He's just a, an absolute motor. Yeah. But don't you just feel – I mean, because he he came back and then left again with that same injury – is this like a Bo Byram situation where you're just like, I know, and I'm not saying it's, the injury is the same. It's clearly not. Uh, but anytime Byram got hit, we were here talking about, man, is that, or are we going to, is he going to, you know, overnight feel the effects of that latest hit and then he's going to be out again? And because that happened a few times with Byram and our, our, in the back of my head, because Nichuskin went out with that injury, he came back, thought we were okay. And now he missed another handful of games. Is it just in the back of your mind? Like, okay, like he's testing. He's more or less testing it right now. And he's going to wake up in the morning and be like, it's nagging me again. I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I, sh- I know I shouldn't be. I shouldn't think that way. But it's just the way the season's gone for the avalanche and, and injuries. I'm just waiting to wake up in the morning and get that notification that he's out again because he's still not 100%. Isn't that just, <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't blame you. That's mm-hmm. what Landis Gog's out with. Right. Hurting an injury again. Nuke is out for and came back because he hurt an injury again. Bo Byram, his injury is not taking to the treatment, but now he's coming back slowly. Darren Helm came back for a little bit, but re-injured what he injured again. Mm. So, I mean, it, it. I would not blame you for thinking that way. No, I know. But I don't want to think that. I, I want to think like once we start getting healthy, which we are, um, guys will be good. For this year, we won't have to deal with this. If it was something else, like if he went out with something different, you're like, okay, that was just a fluke thing. He just got injured <laughs> on something else. But the fact that he went out with the same injury. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Thank God he broke his hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's, I'm rooting for you to injure something else. <clears throat> um, who else we got? We'll, we'll talk about Darren Helm uh, in the last segment, but uh, go ahead. We have been critical in the low, in the low parts. We've been critical of New Hook and JT Comfer over the past two games. Mm-hmm. Have yourself a game, JT Comfer, and New Hook in the Ottawa game, even with a busted face. Let's go, my friend. Like, this is what you want to see. This is, it goes back to what we were talking about. It wasn't just a win, it was domination. The step up that both JT Comfer and Alex New Hook have been making. Just a perfect marriage for Nuke's return to really make you feel good about the direction of this team. Yeah, uh, Comfort with a goal and an assist um, in the the Detroit game. Newhook with the two goals and the and one assist. So a three point night for him. He absolutely needed that. Uh, yeah, and, and it's like every time a bell rings, uh, Alex Newhook gets a stitch type of thing. <laughs> like he's just getting beat up, but. Um, I think this shows you the character of him. Like he's just going to keep battling. 
Um, yeah. So you want to see those? It's good to see those guys put those uh, again on a smaller scale for them individually. What we know this team can do, um, and and conference have been, been having a good season all along, um, but the struggles of individual players like Alex Newhook, uh, like Sam Gerrard. They were throwing stats up. He's got seven points in his last 11 games. Um, that's nice. You know what I mean? Like, because he's not like a point machine. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's nice to see him like you, uh, kind of get into the mix and get into the fold of this this team scoring. Um, I think a lot with Sam Girardi, you just don't want to see the defensive lapses from him. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm comfortable with him with the with the puck on a stick. He's a very good skater. He's a very good puck mover. It's kind of like when he's in defensive transition and he kind of loses his man. And uh, because he is a little bit undersized, if it's a two-on-one and he's the one, it might be a little – because, you know, guys can can get passes past him relatively easy because he doesn't have that long reach, like someone like McDermott or somebody, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, um, you, you just start seeing the signs of him improving his game over the last handful of game, which is nice to see. Yep. <clears throat> and he's he's known for hitting the ice and doing that. If he is on a two-on-one, he'll hit the ice and give up his body in that situation. Yeah. And now everybody's starting to figure that out. So they'll hold it just a little bit longer, and it reduces your chances in half. Which, yeah. I mean, and a lot of players do that. But for him because he's four foot three yeah it you know players can just wait it out and and they're like okay i can just either you know move my stick forward a little bit or just hold up with i can get around him one way or another you know if mccarr does that uh if eric johnson does that if england does that uh it's a little bit tougher to get around those guys it's not that so I understand why he does it because it's it's the defensive play to do for a lot of defensemen, uh, but for him it's just when 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 a two on one forms and and you know that opposing team sees that it's Sammy G as the only defender, um, that's where his size comes into play. His size doesn't come into play for for me personally on on, on a lot of a lot of people think like he like he can't move his body around. He can, he can. He's not going to knock you over, but he'll body you. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna injure you, but um, he's not afraid of you. But those those specific scenarios are very tough for him to defend, and it makes it hard when you can make eye contact with the guy that you're coming down with over Sam Gerrard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we'd mention uh, England too. I, your daughter thought he had a great game. Um, yeah, that was she loved his play. Changes, right, I mean these changes that the Avalanche made the past couple of games they they've dropped. Uh, well, they didn't drop him. I say they, they moved him down. They, Martin Cout, they moved him down. Uh, Anton Bleed came up. Um, Sample Ranta came up. He played in the Ottawa game, although he did not play in the, the Detroit game. So they kind of went with 11 forwards. Um, and England's been around again. So I, I just like you needed that. You needed yep. to, not that those guys are the, the top tier guys, clearly, but just getting some fresh blood in there. I think that also helped as yeah. well. And I thought those guys all played good. They didn't hurt anything. They didn't hurt anything, but I thought they played overall very well. Yeah. Yeah. It, something needed to be freshened up. It, yeah. That fourth line was smelling like three day old frosted flakes. So <laughs> you had to do something. Um, all right. Let's hear from athletic greens. And then we got to mention Frankie 
and then we'll get to a uh, sound check as well. So right now we have Athletic Greens. Got your coffee cup there, your coffee canister. Yes, you do. Mr. Kyle Sullivan has the Athletic Greens can in hand. And what is this stuff? It is a delicious scoop into your morning water, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health. It supports your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus. And Kyle, you're a year older. It even helps with your aging, my friend. And, and the old bones, you feel you feel he's just going to drink it straight. Powder. Just powder. Just straight powder, baby. Yeah. Uh, and it was started when the creator was having some uh, gut health issues. And he was on a complica- complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over 100 dollars a day athletic greens cost you less than three dollars a day and when you're investing in your health it's pretty much worth it and right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that is it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network once again it's athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right, two things to get to before you get to our sound check, uh, because we're talking about these games. You know, we're talking about Pavel Francos, and he got the start, kind of uh, giving uh, Georgiev a little bit of a, a much needed reprieve. And yeah, the shutout against Ottawa, and then Detroit, he didn't give up anything in the first, and it was right towards the end of the second where he finally surrendered a goal. And like we said, because Detroit went on to get a couple more. And the third one they got, there was like less than a minute left. Um, but you ride the high hand. I don't. I wasn't surprised at all. You know, you, you pitch a shutout. Um, even if you're the backup, you deserve to start the next game, as long as it's not a back-to-back, which this wasn't. So he's looking good. He's looking yeah. – there, there's a couple <clears throat> couple – you know, there was one moment, not that the game was <clears throat> in doubt at this point, where – he gets a little lost. I think you just have to deal with yeah. that. And there was not, it wasn't like traffic in front of the net, but there was a shot that was thrown and the puck kind of went, but it, I think it hit a crossbar and then hit him in the back. And luckily it scooted off to the left side of the net and he turned around completely. And by the time he had turned around, the puck was in front of the net again and Detroit just missed it. Yeah. So you're going to have that stuff with Francois, but um, it's few and far between. But overall, yeah, you shut a team out and then, you know, you give up a few goals in a, in a game where that's pretty much well in hand. And um, I'll be interested to see if they give them three in a row, another shot against Calgary. That'll be, we'll see. We'll see. But, but he's definitely playing well right now. He's playing really well. And as one of the biggest Frankie guys on planet Earth, I would like to tell the Avalanche fans, pump your brakes with this. I think Frankie should be the starter thing. Let's let's not yeah, let's no. not start that debate. 
because there that that goal uh that moment that you mentioned i remember mm -hmm. watching it live and i remember the moment that i could see frankie's numbers and i was like oh this is a weird sensation i don't like this <laughs> so yeah um he's played great but the team's played great around him let him get tested a little bit and then come back to me with that uh Franco should be the starter. I still believe in both goalies. He's had a hot hand. We'll see who gets the start. If it's Frankie, come back to me after the Calgary game. Yeah, I don't think this team will ever. I mean, well, I don't. I don't know how to phrase that. Like, Georgiev's their their number one guy. You know what I mean? Like when when you go, yeah, once you make the playoffs, uh, he, that's who you're going to see. Yeah, but during the season. I think you just you, you go with who's playing better. Clearly, you know you, if you have like an Igor Shosturkin and he has a couple bad games, you let him sit for a game or two. But he's going right back out there, and yep. and for the most part, it should be the same for Georgiev. But if you have Francis who's, who's pitched a shutout and then played well against Detroit, would not surprise me because Georgiev just played what twelve games in a row. <clears throat> So it can't hurt for him to sit out a few games, but I don't, I don't know. Like on the other hand, I could see like right now, I could see it going either way against Calgary. Frankie's playing well. Do you let him ride that out a little bit? Because you also don't want Georgiev sit there for too long. Exactly. But I think we're gonna get this. I think you're gonna see like a back and forth between them because that's what the Avalanche like to do. If we've learned anything about Jared Bednar, he likes to do that. He 12 games in a row for one goalie is kind of unheard of for jared bednar yeah. um but but a lot of that had to happen because frankie was hurt and he wasn't feeling well i think he had a flu and then he was hurt so he was out a bunch of games and i think bednar was like nah i'm sticking with with i'm not going to Jonas johansson um i've been there one too many times if i need to in the middle of a game i will but right now i feel like bednar is exactly where he wants to be and he can just play either one of them whenever he feels like it. It's not it's not an issue for him right now. Yorgiev has won games for the Avalanche this year in goal. Frankie, you could have put Martin Kaut in pads and put him in those the Ottawa and Detroit game. We would have won 5-2, 5-3 cuz Kaut's got to yeah. do something. Yeah. I'm not taking away from Frankie, but he's building confidence, which is the main thing you need to take away, but don't don't shift the priorities here. Your gift is still the number one. Yeah. And he's oh, yeah. won games and he needs the rest. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think Francis came back at a good time yep. to spell him. Um, and then we got news on Darren Helm, who's out. He's missed these past couple games because <laughs> the the Val Nachuskin thing, what Val went back out for was the initial was the injury that he had initially flared back up again. And this is the same thing with Darren Helm. And we, Darren Helm was out for a long time to start the season. Just came back, played five games, and now he's out again, re-aggravating that same injury. People are throwing out that he might just call it a career. Um, I, I never put it uh, – hockey players want to stay as long as humanly possible. So unless someone tells him, like, you know, your season is, is completely over, um, then I, I still don't think you'll hear it from him this year. I think it may, you know, he'll if they say that, if it like, you know, your season's over, I think you'll hear it in the offseason when he just generally evaluates things. 
I don't think he's going to jump the gun and be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to retire. I mean, uh, who knows? I just yeah. don't just because hockey players are built that way. Um, but you, you do, you do feel for the guy because, you know, he's a big part of the team and we were happy to have him back. And now it seems like you're going to miss him for a little bit, a little bit longer. Yeah. It's when you see those reports going around, you look at his age and the injury again, I think the injuries for the avalanche are like hot pockets. You're so hungry. You pull it out of the microwave and it's warm until you get to the middle and it's not fully cooked. (laughs) I think that's kind of the helm situation. Um, Mm -hmm. I, he's going to have to sit there and kind of think, do I need to do this? I've only signed a one year deal. Is it worth it to go one more ride? This team needs some help. Am I helping or am I hurting? He's got some questions to ask. So that's the other part of it is, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not under contract after this year, right? Yeah. I think it was just the one year deal. Um, yeah, that's it. So, you know, he's 35 years old as, as it is right now. If it's not the avalanche, like, there's going to be teams like cautiously signing him next year. Yep. Hey, you missed basically all of last year. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see where, where that heads for him. Um, all right. Last bit of, of stuff, whatever you want to call it to get to. Um, and that is our sound check. And uh, every game, Kyle and I pick two songs that we think summarize the action on the ice, add these songs to a playlist over on Spotify, which you can follow. Just head on over there, search LOA soundcheck. This is volume number two, um, and volume one is up still, and you can follow that one as well. We put a bow on that one after last year, but we have a brand new one. We're, how many? I mean, I mean, we got a ton of songs. We started since the beginning of the season, so hours and hours of songs. So um, what do you got for this one, sir? This is uh, Avalanche 6-3 to three over Detroit. So I reach for my 40, and I turn it up. <laughs> this is how we do it montel jordan um this is this song slaps um i mean this is we're back to avalanche hockey this is how we do it this is how we win games this is how we get back to avalanche hockey there is a a uh maybe like a social test that i i've always wanted to try with people and it's if if don't just do this unsuspecting to people. If the, if music is playing, if you're at like a barbecue or something like that, and there's music playing and you have access to the, the playlist and you can, you can, you can play the songs mm-hmm. unbeknownst to people. You're the only one that's going to know that you do this and people are enjoying the music, having a good time play, like cue it up where Montel Jordan, this is how we do it is the next song on the playlist and turn it up a little bit more so people can hear it. Because instantly people that that opening, like, you know, this is how people just, oh, yeah. And then you get into the groove. Wait like 10 seconds and then turn it down and be like, what was the song that was on before this? Yeah. People will forget. Yep. I'm telling you, it's a mental block. Once they get into Montel Jordan, this is how we do it mode. They forget what came before it. I'm not kidding you. It's a phenomenon that has not been studied yet. It's it's Try a it. real thing. It's this. Try I completely it. get it, man. That's that's <laughs> such a good point. I'm just telling you. Uh, sorry uh, for wiping the rest of the songs. If you have this on shuffle, if, if you're listening in the car, I'm sorry for wiping everything else. Do that. If you if you have this playlist, hit just listen to it on shuffle, and it might take a few hours because there's like eight hours on here right now. Uh, five hours. Sorry, five and a half hours. But if this song just happens to pop up, try to remember what song was on before it. Yeah. You likely can't remember right away. Event, you might have to like 
go into the recesses of your mind and be like, oh, yeah, that was it. But you will forget what it is because Montel Jordan came on. Guaranteed. Uh, I love it, too, by the way. Great, great pick. Because this is this is how we do it. This is yep. how Avalanche hockey should be. Uh, and for me, I'm not a big Cars fan, uh, but I do respect the Cars. It's like Rush. Like, I'm not a big Rush fan, but I mm. respect the hell out of Rush because phenomenal musicians. Just don't like the sound. Right. And it's the same thing for the cars. Like, I, I, but you know, great songwriters. They do have some really good songs, but over top the bottoms, not a band that I turn to. Uh, but they got a song and everybody knows it. Just what I needed by the cars. And this is exactly what we needed. We needed to end this, this bad play with blowouts. Yep. Not just skin of your teeth, overtime shootout wins. You needed some dominant games. And it's only two of them. But at least we haven't had. When's the last time we could talk about two games like this? Yeah, I know. A long time. A we long lost time. seven of eight. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I think those are two solid picks from, uh, from me and you. So. All right, that is going to wrap it up for today, everybody. Um, we will be back tomorrow discussing anything new going on in Avalanche land and getting ready for that game against Calgary. So thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. See you guys later. Go, Abs, Go! Go!